March of the Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1665. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Diary of Samuel Pepys, 1665 by Samuel Pepys. March 1664-1665. March 1st. Up, and this day being the day that, by a promise a great while ago, made to my wife, I was to give her twenty pounds to lay out in clothes against Easter, she did, notwithstanding last night's falling out, come to peace with me, and I with her, but did boggle mightily at the parting with my money, but at last did give it her, and then she abroad to buy her things, and I to my office, where busy all the morning. At noon I to dinner at Trinity House, and thence to Gresham College, where Mr. Hook read a second very curious lecture about the late comet, among other things proving very probably that this is the very same comet that appeared before in the year 1618, and that in such a time probably it will appear again, which is a very new opinion, but all will be in print. Then to the meeting, where Sir G. Carteret's two sons, his own, and Sir N. Slaining, were admitted of the society, and this day I did pay my admission money, forty shillings, to the society. Here was very fine discourses and experiments, but I do like philosophy enough to understand them, and so cannot remember them. Among others, a very particular account of the making of the several sorts of bread in France, which is accounted the best place for bread in the world. So home, we're very busy getting an answer to some question of Sir Philip Warwick, touching the expense of the navy. And that being done, I by coach at eight at night with my wife and Mercer to Sir Philip's and discoursed with him, leaving them in the coach, and then back with them home, and to supper and to bed. Second, begun this day to rise betimes before six o'clock, and going down to call my people, found Bess and the girl with their clothes on, lying within their bedding upon the ground, close by the fireside, and a candle burning all night, pretending they would rise to scar. This vexed me, but Bess is going, and so she will not trouble me long. Up and by water to Burston about my lord's plate, and then home to the office, so there all the morning sitting. At noon dined with Sir W. Batten, my wife being gone again to-day to buy things, having bought nothing yesterday, for lack of Mrs. Pierce's company and thence to the office again, were very busy till twelve at night, and vexed at my wife staying out so late, she not being at home at nine o'clock, but at last she is come home, but the reason of her stay I know not yet, so shut up my books, and home to supper, and to bed. Third, up and abroad about several things, among others to see Mr. Peter Honeywood, who was at my house the other day, and I find it was for nothing but to pay me my brother John's quarterage. Thence to see Mrs. Turner, who takes it mighty ill I did not come to dine with the reader, her husband, which, she says, was the greatest feast that ever was yet kept by a reader, and I believe it was well. But I am glad I did not go, which confirms her in an opinion that I am grown proud. Thence to the change, and to several places, and so home to dinner, and to my office, where till twelve at night, writing over a discourse of mine to Mr. Coventry, touching the fishermen of the Thames upon a reference of the business by him to me, concerning their being protected from press. Then home to supper, and to bed. Fourth, up very betimes, and walked, it being bitter cold, to Ratcliffe, to the plate-makers, and back again. To the office, where we sat all the morning, I, with being empty and full of air and wind, had some pain to-day. Dined alone at home, my wife being gone abroad to buy some more things. All the afternoon at the office, William Howe come to see me, being come up with my lord from sea. He is grown a discreet but very conceited fellow. He tells me how little respectfully Sir W. Penn did carry it to my lord on board the Duke's ship at sea, and that Captain Minnes, a favourite of Prince Rupert's, do shew my lord little respect, but that everybody else esteems my lord as they ought. I am sorry for the folly of the latter, and vexed at the dissimulation of the former. At night, home to supper and to bed. This day was proclaimed at the change, the war with Holland. Fifth, 
Lord's Day. Up, and Mr. Burston bringing me by order my Lord's plates, which he has been making this week. I did take coach unto my Lord Sandwiches and dined with my Lord, it being the first time he hath dined at home since his coming from sea. And a pretty odd demand it was of my Lord to my lady before me. How do you, sweetheart? How have you done all this week? Himself taking notice of it to me, that he had hardly seen her the week before. At dinner he did use me with the greatest solemnity in the world, in carving for me and nobody else, and calling often to my lady to cut for me, and all the respect possible. After dinner looked over the plates, liked them mightily, and indeed I think he is the most exact man in what he do in the world of that kind. So home again, and there after a song or two in the evening with Mr. Hill, I to my office, and then home to supper, and to bed. Sixth. Up and with Sir J. Minnes by coach, being a most lamentable cold day as any this year, to St. James's, and there did our business with the Duke. Great preparations for his speedy return to sea. I saw him try on his buff coat and hat piece covered with black velvet. It troubles me more to think of his venture than of anything else in the whole war. Thence home to dinner, where I saw Bess go away, she having of all wenches that ever lived with us received the greatest love and kindness and good clothes besides wages, and gone away with the greatest ingratitude. I then abroad to look after my hammockos, and so home, and there find our new chambermaid Mary come, which instead of handsome, as my wife spoke, and still seems to reckon, is a very ordinary wench, I think, and therein was mightily disappointed. To my office, where busy late, and then home to supper and to bed, and was troubled all this night with a pain in my left testicle, that run up presently into my left kidney, and there kept aching all night, in great pain. 7th. Up and was pretty well, but going to the office, and I think it was sitting with my back to the fire, it set me in a great rage again, that I could not continue till past noon at the office, but was forced to go home, nor could sit down to dinner, but betook myself to my bed, and being there a while my pain begun to abate, and grow less and less. Anon I went to make water, not dreaming of anything but my testicle, that by some accident I might have bruised as I used to do, but in pissing there come from me two stones, I could feel them, and caused my water to be looked into but without any pain to me in going out, which makes me think that it was not a fit of the stone at all, for my pain was assuaged upon my lying down a great while, before I went to make water. Anon I made water again very freely and plentifully. I kept my bed in good ease all the evening, then rose and sat up an hour or two, and then to bed, and lay till eight o'clock, and then... Eighth. Though a bitter cold day, yet I rose, and though my pain and tenderness in my testicle remains a little, yet I do verily think that my pain yesterday was nothing else. And therefore I hope my disease of the stone may not return to me, but void itself in pissing, which God grant, but I will consult my physician. This morning has brought me to the office the sad news of the London, in which Sir J. Lawson's men were all bringing her from Chatham to the Hope, and thence he was to go to sea in her, but a little other side the boy of the Nower, she suddenly blew up, about twenty-four men and a woman that were in the round-house and coach saved, the rest being above three hundred drowned, the ship breaking all in pieces with eighty pieces of brass ordnance. She lies sunk with her round-house above water. Sir J. Lawson hath a great loss in this of so many good chosen men, and many relations among them. I went to the change, where the news taken very much to heart. So home to dinner, and Mr. Moore with me. Then I to Gresham College, and there saw several pretty experiments, and so home into my office, and at night about one I home to supper and to bed. Ninth, up into the office, where we sat all the afternoon. At noon to dinner at home, and then abroad with my wife, left at the new exchange, and I to Westminster, where I hear Mrs. Martin is brought to bed of a boy and christened Charles, which I am very glad of, 
for I was fearful of being called to be a godfather to it. But it seems it was to be done suddenly, and so I escaped. It is strange to see how a liberty and going abroad without purpose of doing anything do lead a man to what is bad, for I was just upon going to her, where I must of necessity have broken my oath or made a forfeit. But I did not, company being, I heard by my porter, with her, and so I home again, taking up my wife, and was set down by her at Paul's school, where I visited Mr. Crumlum at his house, and, Lord, to see how ridiculous a conceited pedagogue he is, though a learned man, he being so dogmatical in all he do and says. But among other discourse we fell to the old discourse of Paul's school, and he did, upon my declaring my value of it, give me one of Lily's grammars of a very old impression, as it was in the Catholic times, which I shall much set by. And so, after some small discourse, away, and called upon my wife at a linen draper's shop, buying linen, and so home, and to my office, where late, and home to supper and to bed. This night my wife had a new suit of flowered ash-coloured silk, very noble. Tenth. Up and to the office all the morning. At noon to the change, where very hot, people's proposal of the city giving the king another ship for the London, that is lately blown up, which would be very handsome, and if well managed, might be done. But I fear if it be put into ill hands, or that the courtiers do solicit it, it will never be done. Home to dinner, and thence to the committee of Tangier at Whitehall, where my Lord Barclay and Craven and others. But, Lord, to see how superficially things are done in the business of the lottery, which will be the disgrace of the fishery, and without profit. Home, vexed at my loss of time, and thereto my office. Late at night come the two Bellamys, formerly petty warrant victuallers of the navy, to take my advice about a navy debt of theirs, for the compassing of which they offer a great deal of money, and the thing most just. Perhaps I may undertake it, and get something by it, which will be a good job. So home, late to bed. 11th. Up and to the office, at noon home to dinner, and to the office again, were very late, and then home to supper and to bed. This day returns Sir W. Batten and Sir J. Minnes from Lee Road, where they have been to see the wreck of the London, out of which, they say, the guns may be got, but the hull of her will be wholly lost, as not being capable of being weighed. 12th. Lord's Day. Up, and borrowing Sir J. Minnes' coach, to my Lord Sandwich's, but he was gone abroad. I sent the coach back for my wife, my lord a second time dining at home on purpose to meet me, he having not dined once at home, but those times, since his coming from sea. I sat down and read over the Bishop of Chichester's sermon upon the anniversary of the king's death, much cried up, but, methinks, but a mean sermon. By and by comes in my lord, and he and I to talk of many things in the navy, one from another in general, to see how the greatest things are committed to very ordinary men, as to parts and experience, to do. Among others, my Lord Barclay. We talked also of getting W. Howe to be put into the muster mastership in the room of Creed, if Creed will give way. But my Lord do it without any great gusto, calling Howe a proud coxcomb in passion. Down to dinner, where my wife in her new lace whisk, which indeed is very noble, and I much pleased with it, and so my lady also. Here very pleasant my Lord was at dinner, and after dinner did look over his plate, which Burston hath brought him to-day, and is the last of the three that he will have made. After satisfied with that, he abroad, and I after much discourse with my lady, about Sir G. Carteret's son, of whom she hath some thoughts for a husband for my lady Jemima, we away home by coach again, and there sang a good while very pleasantly with Mr. Andrews and Hill. They gone, we to supper, and betimes to bed. Thirteenth. Up betimes, this being the first morning of my promise upon a forfeit not to lie in bed a quarter of an hour after my first waking, Abroad to St. James's, and there much business, the king also being with us a great while. Thence to the change, and thence with Captain Taylor and Sir W. Warren, dined at a house hard by for discourse sake, 
and so I home, and there meeting a letter from Mrs. Martin desiring to speak with me, I, though against my promise of visiting her, did go, and there found her in her childbed dress desiring my favour to get her husband a place. I stayed not long, but taking Sir W. Warren up at Whitehall home, and among other discourse fell to a business which he says shall, if accomplished, bring me a hundred pounds. He gone, I to supper and to bed. This day my wife begun to wear light-coloured locks, quite white almost, which, though it makes her look very pretty, yet not being natural, vexes me, that I will not have her wear them. This day I saw my Lord Castlemaine at St. James's, lately come from France. Fourteenth. Up before six, to the office, where busy all the morning. At noon dined with Sir W. Batten and Sir J. Minnes at the Tower, with Sir J. Robinson, at a farewell dinner which he gives Major Holmes at his going out of the Tower, where he hath for some time, since his coming from Guinea, been a prisoner, and it seems had presented the lieutenant with fifty pieces yesterday. Here a great deal of good victuals and company, thence home to my office, where very late, and home to supper and to bed, weary of business. 15th. Up and by coach with Sir W. Batten to St. James's, where, among other things, before the Duke, Captain Taylor was called in, and Sir J. Robinson, his accuser not appearing, was acquitted quite from his charge, and declared that he should go to Harwich, which I was very well pleased at. Then I to Mr. Coventry's chamber, and there privately an hour with him in discourse of the office, and did deliver to him many notes of things about which he is to get the Duke's command, before he goes, for the putting of business among us in better order. He did largely own his dependence as to the office upon my care, and received very great expressions of love from him, and so parted with great satisfaction to myself. So home to the change, and then same to dinner, where my wife being gone down upon a sudden morning for my Lord Sandwich's daughters to the Hope, with them to see the Prince, I dined alone. After dinner to the office, and anon to Gresham College, where, among other good discourse, there was tried the great poison of Macassar upon a dog, but it had no effect all the time we sat there. We anon broke up, and I home, where late at my office, my wife not coming home. I to bed, troubled, about twelve or past. Sixteenth. Up into the office, where we sat all the morning, my wife coming home from the water this morning, having lain with them on board the Prince all night. At noon home to dinner, where my wife told me the unpleasant journey she had yesterday among the children, whose fear upon the water and folly made it very unpleasing to her. A good dinner, and then to the office again. This afternoon Mr. Harris, the sailmaker, sent me a noble present of two large silver candlesticks and snuffers, and a slice to keep them upon, which indeed is very handsome. At night come Mr. Andrews, with thirty-six pounds, the further fruits of my Tangier contract, and so to bed late and weary with business, but in good content of mind, blessing God for these his benefits. Seventeenth, up into my office, and then with Sir W. Batten to St. James's, where many come to take leave, as was expected, of the Duke, but he do not go till Monday. This night my Lady Wood died of the smallpox, and is much lamented among the great persons, for a good-natured woman and a good wife, but for all that it was ever believed she was as others are. The Duke did give us some commands, and so broke up, not taking leave of him. But the best piece of news is, that instead of a great many troublesome lords, the whole business is to be left with the Duke of Albemarle, to act as admiral in his stead, which is a thing that do cheer my heart, for the other would have vexed us with attendance, and never done the business. Thence to the committee of Tangier, where the Duke a little, and then left us, and we stayed. A very great committee, the Lords Albemarle, Sandwich, Barclay, Fitzharding, Peterborough, Ashley, Sir Thomas Ingram, Sir G. Carteret, and others. The whole business was the stating of Povey's accounts, of whom to say no more, never could man say worse himself, nor have worse said of him, than was by the company to his face, I mean as to his folly, and very reflecting words to his honesty. 
broke up without anything but trouble and shame, only I got my businesses done to the signing of two bills for the contractors and Captain Taylor, and so come away well pleased, and home, taking up my wife at the change, to dinner. After dinner, out again, bringing my wife to her father's again at Charing Cross, and I to the committee again, where a new meeting of trouble about Povey, who still makes his business worse and worse, and broke up with the most open shame again to him, and high words to him of disgrace, that they would not trust him with any more money till he had given an account of this. So broke up. Then he took occasion to desire me to step aside, and he and I by water to London together. In the way of his own accord, he proposed to me that he would surrender his place of treasurer to me to have half the profit. The thing is new to me, but the more I think, the more I like it, and do put him upon getting it done by the duke. Whether it takes or no, I care not. But I think at present it may have some convenience in it. Home, and there find my wife come home and gone to bed, of a cold got yesterday by water. At the office, Bellamy come to me again, and I am in hope something may be got by his business. So late home to supper and bed. Eighteenth. Up and to the office, where all the morning. At noon to the change, and took Mr. Hill along with me to Mr. Povey's, where we dined, and shewed him the house to his good content, and I expect when we meet we shall laugh at it. But I having business to stay, he went away, and Povey and Creed and I, to do some business upon Povey's accounts all the afternoon till late at night, where God help him. Never man was so confounded, and all his people about him in this world as he and his are. After we had done something to the purpose, we broke up, and Povey acquainted me before Creed, having said something of it also this morning at our office to me, what he had done in speaking to the Duke and others about his making me treasurer, and has carried it a great way, so as I think it cannot well be set back. Creed, I perceive, envies me in it, but I think as that will do me no hurt, so if it did, I am at a great loss to think whether it were not best for me to let it wholly alone, for it were much disquiet me in my business of the navy, which in this war will certainly be worth all my time to me. Home, continuing in this doubtful condition what to think of it, but God Almighty do his will in it for the best. To my office, where late, and then home to supper, and to bed. 19th. Lord's Day. Mr. Povey sent his coach for me betimes, and I to him, and there to our great trouble do find that my Lord Fitzharding do appear for Mr. Brunkard to be paymaster upon Povey's going out, by a former promise of the Duke's, and offering to give as much as any for it. This put us all into a great dump, and so we went to Creed's new lodging in the Mews, and there we found Creed with his parrot upon his shoulder, which struck Mr. Povey coming by, just by the eye, very deep, which, had it hit his eye, had put it out. This a while troubled us, but not proving very bad, we to our business, consulting what to do. At last resolved, and I to Mr. Coventry, and there had his most friendly and ingenuous advice, advising me not to decline the thing, it being that that will bring me to be known to great persons, while now I am buried among three or four of us, says he, in the navy. But do not make a declared opposition to my Lord Fitzharding. Thence I to Creed, and walked, talking in the park an hour with him, and then to my Lord Sandwich's to dinner, and after dinner to Mr. Povis, who hath been with the Duke of York. And by the mediation of Mr. Coventry, the Duke told him that the business shall go on, and he will take off Brunkard, and my Lord Fitzharding is quiet too. But to see the mischief, I hear that Sir G. Carter did not seem pleased, but said nothing when he heard me propose to come in Povey's room, which may learn me to distinguish between that man that is a man's true and false friend. Being very glad of this news, Mr. Povey and I in his coach to Hyde Park, being the first day of the tour there, where many brave ladies, among others, Castlemaine lay impudently upon her back in her coach asleep, with her mouth open. There was also my Lady Kerngai, once my Lady Anne Hambleton, that is said to have given the Duke a clap upon his first coming over. 
Here I saw Sir J. Lawson's daughter and husband, a fine couple, and also Mr. Southwell and his new lady, very pretty. Thence back, putting in at Dr. Hawes, where I saw his lady, a very fine woman. So home, and thither by my desire comes by and by Creed, and lay with me, very merry and full of discourse, what to do to-morrow, and the conveniences that will attend my having of this place, and I do think they may be very great. 20th. Up, Creed and I, and had Mr. Povey's coach sent for us, and we to his house, where we did some business in order to the work of this day. Povey and I to my Lord Sandwich, who tells me that the Duke is not only a friend to the business, but to me, in terms of the greatest love and respect and value of me that can be thought, which overjoys me. Thence to St. James's, and there was in great doubt of Brunkard, but at last I hear that Brunkard desists. The Duke did direct Secretary Bennett, who was there, to declare his mind to the Tangier Committee, that he approves of me for treasurer, and with a character of me to be a man whose industry and discretion he would trust soon as any man's in England, and did the like to my Lord Sandwich. So to Whitehall, to the Committee of Tangier, where there were present my Lord of Albemarle, my Lord Peterborough, Sandwich, Barclay, Fitzharding, Secretary Bennett, Sir Thomas Ingram, Sir John Lawson, Povey, and I, where, after other business, Povey did declare his business very handsomely, that he was sorry he had been so unhappy in his accounts, as not to give their lordships the satisfaction he intended, and that he was sure his accounts are right, and continues to submit them to examination, and is ready to lay down in ready money the fault of his account, and that for the future, that the work might be better done, and with more quiet to him, he desired, by approbation of the Duke, he might resign his place to Mr. Pepys. Whereupon Secretary Bennett did deliver the Duke's command, which was received with great content and allowance beyond expectation, the Secretary repeating also the Duke's character of me. And I could discern my Lord Fitzharding was well pleased with me, and signified full satisfaction, and whispered something seriously of me to the Secretary. And there I received their constitution under all their hands presently, so that I am already confirmed their treasurer, and put into a condition of striking of tallies, and all without one harsh word or word of dislike, but quite the contrary, which is a good fortune beyond all imagination. Here we rose, and Povey and Creed and I, all full of joy, thence to dinner, they setting me down at Sir J. Winter's by promise, and dined with him, and a worthy fine man he seems to be, and of good discourse. Our business was to discourse of supplying the king with iron for anchors, if it can be judged good enough, and a fine thing it is to see myself come to the condition of being received by persons of this rank, he being, and having long been, secretary to the Queen Mother. Thence to Povey's, and there sat and considered of business a little, and then home, where late at it, W. Howe being with me about his business of accounts for his money laid out in the fleet. And he gone, I home to supper and to bed. News is this day come of Captain Allen's being come home from the Straits as far as Portland, with eleven of the King's ships and about twenty-two of merchantmen. Twenty-first. Up, and my tailor coming to me, did consult all my wardrobe how to order my clothes against next summer. Then to the office, where busy all the morning. At noon to the change, and brought home Mr. Andrews, and there with Mr. Shepley dined, and very merry, and a good dinner. Thence to Mr. Povey's, to discourse about settling our business of treasurer, and I think all things will go very fair between us, and to my content, but the more I see, the more silly the man seems to me. Thence by coach to the Mews, but Creed was not there. In our way the coach drove through a lane by Drury Lane, where abundance of loose women stood at the doors, which, God forgive me, did put evil thoughts in me, but proceeded no further, blessed be God. So home, and late at my office, then home, and there found a couple of state cups, very large, coming, I suppose, each to about six pounds apiece, from Burroughs, the slop-seller. 22nd. Up, and to Mr. Povey's about our business, and thence I to see Sir Phil Warwick, but could not meet with him. 
so to mr coventry whose profession of love and esteem for me to myself was so large and free that i never could expect or wish for more nor could have it from any man in england that i should value it more thence to mr povis and with creed to the change and to my house but it being washing-day dined not at home but took him i being invited to mr hublands the merchant where sir william petty an abundance of most ingenious men owners and freighters of the experiment now going with her two bodies to see most excellent discourse among others sir william petty did tell me that in good earnest he hath in his will left such parts of his estate to him that could invent such and such things as among others that could discover truly the way of milk coming into the breasts of a woman and he that could invent proper characters to express to another the mixture of relishes and tastes and says that to him that invents gold he gives nothing for the philosopher's stone for says he they that find out that will be able to pay themselves but says he by this means it is better than to give to a lecture for here my executors that must part with this will be sure to be well convinced of the invention before they do part with their money after dinner mr hill took me with mrs hublin who is a fine gentlewoman into another room and there made her sing which she do very well to my great content then to gresham college and there did see a kitling killed almost quite but that we could not quite kill her with such a way the air out of a receiver wherein she was put and then the air being let in upon her revives her immediately nay and this air is to be made by putting together a liquor and some body that ferments the steam of that do do the work thence home and thence to whitehall where the house full of the dukes going to-morrow and thence to st james's wherein these things fell out one i saw the duke kissed his hand and had his most kind expressions of his value and opinion of me which comforted me above all things in the world two the like from mr coventry most heartily and affectionately three saw among other fine ladies mrs middleton a very great beauty i never knew or heard of before four i saw waller the poet whom i never saw before so very late my coach home with w pen who was there to supper and to bed with my heart at rest and my head very busy thinking of my several matters now on foot the new comfort of my old navy business and the new one of my employment on tangier twenty third up into my lord sandwich who follows the duke this day by water down to the hope where the prince lies he received me busy as he was with mighty kindness and joy at my promotions telling me most largely how the duke hath expressed on all occasions his good opinion of my service and love for me i paid my thanks and acknowledgment to him and so back home where at the office all the morning at noon to the change home and llewellyn dined with me thence abroad carried my wife to westminster by coach i to the swan herbert's and there had much of the good company of sarah and to my wish and then to see mrs martin who was very kind three weeks of her month of lying in is over so took up my wife and home and at my office a while and thence to supper and to bed great talk of noises of guns heard at deal but nothing particularly whether in earnest or not twenty fourth up betimes and by agreement to the globe tavern in fleet street to mr clark my solicitor about the business of my uncle's accounts and we went with one jeffreys to one of the barons spellman and there my accounts were declared and i sworn to the truth thereof to my knowledge and so i shall after a few formalities be cleared of all thence to povis and there delivered him his letters of greatest import to him that is possible yet dropped by young bland just come from tangier upon the road by sittingburn taken up and sent to mr pett at chatham thus everything done by povey is done with a fatal folly and neglect then to our discourse with him creed mr viner myself and points about the business of the workhouse at clerkenwell and after dinner went thither and saw all the works there and did also consult the act concerning the business and other papers in order to our coming in to undertake it with povey 
the management of the house, but I do not think we can safely meddle with it, at least I, unless I had time to look after it myself, but the thing is very ingenious and laudable. Thence to my lady sandwiches, where my wife all this day, having kept Good Friday very strict with fasting, here we supped and talked very merry. My lady alone with me, very earnest about Sir G. Carteret's son, with whom I perceive they do desire my lady Jemima, may be matched. Thence home, and to my office, and then to bed. 25th, Lady Day. Up betimes, and to my office, where all the morning. At noon dined alone with Sir W. Batten, where great discourse of Sir W. Penn, Sir W. Batten being, I perceive, quite out of love with him, thinking him too great and too high, and began to talk that the world do question his courage, upon which I told him plainly I have been told that he was articled against for it, and that Sage Vane was his great friend therein. This he was, I perceive, glad to hear. Thence to the office, and there very late, very busy, to my great content. This afternoon, of a sudden, is come home Sir W. Penn from the fleet, but upon what score I know not. Late home to supper, and to bed. 26th, Lord's Day and Easter Day. Up, and with my wife, who has not been at church a month or two, to church. At noon, home to dinner, my wife and I, Mercer staying to the sacrament, alone. This is the day, seven years, which, by the blessing of God, I have survived of my being cut of the stone, and am now in very perfect good health, and have long been. And though the last winter hath been as hard a winter as any have been these many years, yet I never was better in my life, nor have not these ten years gone colder in the summer than I have done all this winter, wearing only a doublet, and a waistcoat cut open on the back. Abroad, a cloak, and within doors, a coat I slipped on. Now I am at a loss to know whether it be my hair's foot, which is my preservative against wind, for I never had a fit of the colic since I wore it, and nothing but wind brings me pain, and the carrying away of wind takes away my pain, or my keeping my back cool. For when I do lie longer than ordinary upon my back in bed, my water the next morning is very hot, or whether it be my taking of a pill of turpentine every morning, which keeps me always loose, or altogether, but this I know with thanks to God Almighty, that I am now as well as ever I can wish or desire to be, having now and then little grudgings of wind, that brings me a little pain, but it is over presently, only I do find that my back grows very weak, that I cannot stoop to write or tell money without sitting, but I have pain for a good while after it. Yet a week or two ago I had one day's great pain, but it was upon my getting a bruise on one of my testicles, and then I did void two small stones, without pain though, and upon my going to bed and bearing up of my testicles I was well the next. But I did observe that my sitting with my back to the fire at the office did then, as it do at all times, make my back ache and my water hot, and brings me some pain. I sent yesterday an invitation to Mrs. Turner and her family to come to keep this day with me, which she granted, but afterwards sent me word that it being Sunday and Easter day, she desired to choose another and put off this, which I was willing enough to do, and so put it off as to this day, and will leave it to my own convenience when to choose another, and perhaps shall escape a feast by it. At my office all the afternoon drawing up my agreement with Mr. Povey for me to sign to him tomorrow morning. In the evening spent an hour in the garden walking with Sir J. Minnes, talking of the chest business, wherein Sir W. Batten deals so unfairly, wherein the old man is very hot for the present, but that zeal will not last, nor is to be trusted. So home to supper, prayers, and to bed. 27th. Up betimes to Mr. Povis, and there did sign and seal my agreement with him about my place of being treasurer for Tangier, it being the greatest part of it drawn out of a draught of his own drawing up, only I have added something here and there in favour of myself. Thence to the Duke of Albemarle, the first time that we officers of the Navy have waited upon him since the Duke of York's going, who had deputed him to be Admiral in his absence. 
and I find him a quiet, heavy man, that will help business when he can, and hinder nothing, and am very well pleased with our attendance on him. I did afterwards alone give him thanks for his favour to me about my Tangier business, which he received kindly, and did speak much of his esteem of me. Thence, and did the same to Sir H. Bennet, who did the like to me very fully, and did give me all his letters lately come from hence for me to read, which I returned in the afternoon to him. Thence to Mrs. Martin, who, though her husband is gone away, as he writes, like a fool into France, yet is as simple and wanton as ever she was, with much I made myself merry and away. So to my Lord Peterborough's, where Povey, Creed, Williamson, Auditor Beale, and myself, and mighty merry to see how plainly my Lord and Povey did abuse one another about their accounts, each thinking the other a fool, and I thinking, they were not either of them in that point much in the wrong, though in everything, and even in this manner of reproaching one another, very witty and pleasant. Among other things, we had here the genteelest dinner and the neatest house that I have seen many a day, and the latter beyond anything I ever saw in a nobleman's house. Thence visited my Lord Barclay, and did sit discoursing with him in his chamber a good while, and he mighty friendly to me about the same business of Tangier. From that to other discourse of the times and the want of money, and he said that the Parliament must be called again soon, and more money raised, not by tax, for he said he believed the people could not pay it, but he would have either a general excise upon everything, or else that every city in corporate should pay a toll into the king's revenue, as he says it is in all the cities in the world, for here a citizen hath no more laid on them than their neighbours in the country, whereas as a city it ought to pay considerably to the king for their charter, but I fear this will breed ill blood. Thence to Povey, and after a little talk home to my office late, then to supper, and to bed. 28th. Up betimes and to the office, where we sat all the morning, and I did most of the business there, God wot. Then to the change, and thence to the coffee-house with Sir W. Warren, where much good discourse for us both till nine o'clock, with great pleasure and content, and then parted and I home to dinner, having eat nothing, and so to my office. At night supped with my wife at Sir W. Penn's, who is to go back for good and all to the fleet to-morrow, took leave and to my office, where till twelve at night, and then home to bed. Twenty-ninth. Up betimes and to Povis, where a good while talking about our business, thence abroad into the city, but upon his tally could not get any money in Lombard Street through the disrepute which he suffers, I perceive, upon his giving up his place, which people think was not choice, but necessity, as indeed it was. So back to his house, after we had been at my house to taste my wine, but my wife being abroad, nobody could come at it, and so we were defeated. To his house, and before dinner, he and I did discourse of the business of freight, wherein I am so much concerned, above one hundred pounds for myself, and in my over-hasty making a bill out for the rest for him, but he resolves to move Creed in it, which troubled me much, and Creed by and by comes, and after dinner he did, but in the most cunning, ingenious manner, do his business with Creed, by bringing it in by the by, that the most subtle man in the world could never have done it better. And I must say that he is a most witty, cunning man, and one that I am most afeard of in my conversation, though in all serious matters of business the eeriest fool that ever I met with. The bill was produced, and a copy given Creed, whereupon he wrote his intratur upon the original, and I hope it will pass. At least I am now put to it that I must stand by it and justify it, but I pray God it may never come to that test. Thence, between vexed and joyed, not knowing what yet to make of it, home, calling for my Lord Cook's three volumes at my bookseller's, and so home, where I found a new cookmaid, her name is, that promises very little. So to my office, where late about drawing up a proposal for Captain Taylor, for him to deliver to the city about his building the new ship, 
which I have done well, and I hope will do the business, and so home to supper, and to bed. 30th. Up and to my Lord Ashley, but did nothing, and to Sir Phil Warwick, and spoke with him about business, and so back to the office, where all the morning. At noon, home to dinner, and thence to the Tangier Committee, where, Lord, to see how they did run into the giving of Sir J. Lawson, who is come to town to-day to get this business done, four thousand pounds about his mole business, and were going to give him four shillings per yard more, which arises in the whole mole, to thirty-six thousand pounds, is a strange thing, but the latter by chance was stopped, the former was given. Thence to see Mrs. Martin, whose husband being, it seems, gone away, and as she is informed he hath another woman whom he uses, and has long done, as a wife, she is mighty reserved, and resolved to keep herself so till the return of her husband, which a pleasant thing to think of her. Thence home, and to my office, where late, and to bed. 31st. Up betimes, and walked to my Lord Ashley, and there with Creed, after long waiting, spoke with him, and was civilly used by him. Thence to Sir Phil Warwick, and then to visit my Lord of Falmouth, who did also receive me pretty civilly, but not as I expected. He, I perceive, believing that I had undertaken to justify Povey's accounts, taking them upon myself, but I rectified him therein. So to my Lady Sandwiches to dinner, and up to her chamber after dinner, and there discoursed about Sir G. Carteret's son, in proposition between us two for my Lady Jemima. So to Povey, and with him spent the afternoon very busy, till I was weary of following this and neglecting my navy business. So at night called my wife at my lady's, and so home to my office, and there made up my month's account, which, God be praised, rose to thirteen hundred pounds, which I bless God for. So, after twelve o'clock, home to supper and to bed. I find Creed mightily transported by my Lord of Falmouth's kind words to him, and saying that he hath a place in his intention for him, which he believes will be considerable. A witty man he is in every respect, but of no good nature, nor a man ordinarily to be dealt with. My Lady Castlemaine is sick again, people think, slipping her filly. End of March.